0: My name is Nigel. Guy Relford here in for Jason Hammer. Guy Relford is a Second Amendment attorney and a certified licensed firearms instructor. When he fills in, we like to do the Ask the Gun Guy segment, 2399393. If you have a legal question or a gun safety question or something related, Uh, Guy, I'll let you take it.
1: All right, man. Sounds great. We got a whole bunch of callers. We'll get uh, to as many as we can. We're going to do this both segments. Uh, so through uh, about six o'clock, we'll be taking your calls. Uh, let's go to Buzz. Is this my buddy Buzz who calls my show every weekend? Hey, good afternoon. Happy yeah, yeah, afternoon. yeah. How you yeah. doing, Buzz? What what do you, what do you got oh, for uh, for us here on Hammer, and Nigel?
0: Okay. Uh- did you go through the big omnibus bill and find out what those little sneaky weasels tried to sneak into the gun control?
1: Yeah, I, there are, I believe, Buzz, uh, twelve different examples of gun control in the omnibus spending bill. Um, a really? lot of it is uh, is labeled as funding uh, for like you know community safety kind of stuff, um, and there's much too much to talk about. Uh, here uh, with all the callers we have on hold, but but I'll try to get through that on my show on Saturday, Buzz. I, I I'll uh, I'll highlight some of that, and I'm going to be putting something out in the name of the Two A Project, so people there know what's going on as well. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, and uh, we got Tom. Tom, welcome to uh, Hammer and Nigel. Morning, yep. What you got, Tom? Well, I um uh, I had a my
0: record. I had a foul name when I was younger. I got it expunged. I even got my carry permit, but when I went to buy a gun, I got denied. Yep. So, do I need to... Just something else that I
1: need to do, I guess that's my question. Yeah, and depending on what it was for, Tom, and we don't need to have this conversation on the radio, but depending on what uh, the conviction was for specifically, um, we can expunge that. Mm -hmm. I do expungements all the time. I really enjoy doing them because uh, if you've had a clean criminal history for at least eight years, if you paid all your fines, fees, court costs, uh, any restitution – uh, and otherwise complied with the terms of your conviction, and you have that clean criminal history for eight years, we can go back, and for not all convictions, but for a lot of convictions, we can expunge that off your record. And in Indiana, an expungement restores your civil rights. So that's the right to hold public office. Uh, it says uh, the right to vote, although typically felons in Indiana don't typically lose that right. But right in the expungement statute also says the right to be a proper person under the Indiana licensing statute, which means your Second Amendment uh, rights are restored and the federal government. Recognizes Recognizes that as well. So uh, look me up at RelfordLaw.com if you want to talk more about that. But I do expungements all the time. You know, I'm
0: I'm always curious. Yeah. I mean, I know <laughs> somebody says like I got a felony 20 years ago. I got an expunged. I clean my life up. But I I gotta admit, I am kind of curious as the radio broadcaster. Oh <laughs> know man. exactly no, I, what those no, no, involve. But I naja, get into I loved, some I hairy situations. No, I love doing these. on the air. If
1: it didn't require, yeah, no, I know eight yeah. years yeah. with a clean criminal history. I know I'm a big fan of it because as, as someone who was young and stupid once myself and, and who did a whole bunch of dumb things that uh, I just didn't happen to get in trouble for um, you know I like being able to help people uh, restore their rights yeah. and clean their records up uh, let's go back to phone lines we got Dan or Don I'm sorry Don welcome to hammer and Nigel which got for us hey uh,
0: guy I know you've answered the question about truck drivers and uh, carrying handguns and their trucks but I wanted to know about a shotgun And um, I know I go to handgunlaw.com and find out the laws in other states, but what is your advice on a a shotgun in, in another state, let's say like Illinois, I go to Michigan, Ohio?
1: Yeah. Illinois is problematic in the sense that if you have a license to carry a handgun uh, in Illinois, they changed their law here a couple of years ago and where you can actually have a handgun on your person as someone licensed in Indiana as you drive through Illinois. You don't get licensed to have a shotgun in your vehicle. And I don't know off the top of my head what Illinois laws are, or what other state laws might be relative to a shotgun in a in a in a vehicle, including a commercial vehicle, Don. So I wouldn't want to give you advice on that. Um, if it were me, and, and plus a shotgun is is pretty unwieldy in a vehicle. I've done a bunch of training um, where we're doing self-defense exercises from a vehicle, and I actually had built a short-barreled shotgun, which you know you have to register under the NFA and and do that whole song and dance. But I I because because I didn't like using a, a, a full-length shotgun It can be in pretty cumbersome. It it's really cumbersome. Yeah. And uh, swinging the thing around, getting a good shot, getting in and out of the vehicle you know, with an 18-inch barrel, which is what is required to otherwise be legal, is just no fun. So I'm a big fan of either a, a shortened weapon like an SBS, which requires the whole uh, NFA process, or just a handgun. And, and my recommendation would be go with a handgun, because that's going to be easy to to handle legally as you travel through Illinois, which you already mentioned. Um, might be an issue, so I, I'd go. I'd go handgun uh, all day on that. Don, let's go back to the phone line. And Keith has a question. Hi,
0: guy, This isn't really a gun question, but you're kind of plugged into the state house. Okay. Are they, yeah. Is, is the state house planning on repealing the hold harmless on the COVID restrictions this year? I ask this because my father was involved in a nursing home incident where there was clear cut nursing home abuse and they can't be sued because they'll use the COVID defense.
1: Yeah, I, I have not heard of a bill, and I don't necessarily know that I would hear about this bill. I mean, for a lot of gun-related issues, Second Amendment-related issues, legislators get a hold of me, and they want me to review their bills beforehand. Um, I've already been looking at several bills that are going to be filed here sooner than later. No, no one's going to think to call me, Keith, uh, and run something like that past me, because I haven't been active in that area. Sorry
0: that happened to you, though, Keith. It's awful. Man. Yeah, it's, but I'll just I'll, I'll
1: shortcut the discussion by telling you that I, I haven't heard of any effort to do that in the legislature doesn't mean that they won't um but uh, it's nothing that i've heard uh, that they're being uh active in considering uh let's go back to the phone lines and tony is called hammer nigel tony welcome to the show man what you got for us
0: well, I had a question regarding the arm brace uh, potential, oh, yeah. I guess, ban or restriction there.
1: That, yeah, that's and, in effect now. I think that went into effect uh, earlier in December. What is it?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh. I didn't realize that. So yeah. T-
1: well, to answer, and Tony, for, that- forgive me, Tony, I'm going to answer Nigel's question. What this is is... Um, the, the a gun like an AR or an AK they can they make a pistol version of this where it has no shoulder stock which makes it a pistol that means you can have a barrel less than 16 inches long on it and not have to register it through the National Firearms Act like I was just talking about with a short barreled shotgun and uh, and but but then companies came out with what they call a pistol stabilizer brace and it's an attachment where a stock would ordinarily go a shoulder stock and it's ostensibly designed to essentially fit around Around your forearm and allow you to stabilize a pistol to shoot it one handed. And with a heavier, larger caliber firearm, like an AK or an AR pistol, that can be helpful. ATF came out and said they're legal, and it doesn't make your gun a rifle, meaning it's a short-barreled rifle, which would require you to register it under, under the National Firearms Act. However, Gun owners, frankly, we started abusing this a little bit, and they started making more and more pistol stabilizer braces that look and function more and more like stocks. And then you go out to social media; everybody's using them like a stock, where they're putting them against their shoulder. And the pendulum has now swung back, where the the, the ATF has come out and said um, that we're not just going to say that putting one of these on your on your pistol makes it a rifle, so it has to be registered under the NFA, but we're going to have a point system. So depending on the barrel length and the caliber and the weight of your firearm and the exact actual design of the pistol bra- stabilizer brace itself, We're gonna you, you got to add up these points, and if you get over a certain number of points, aha, now it's a pistol, and if we catch you, or excuse me, now it's a rifle, and if we catch you with it and it's got a less than 16-inch barrel, um, now you're going to federal prison for 10 years because you have an unregistered short-barreled Jeez. rifle. So, this new point system, rigmarole, which I do this for a living. It's almost undecipherable to me I it's, it's so that's, complex they're trying to, on purpose it's on yeah. purpose they're trying to bully people into registering their guns um, so anyway Tony with that background brother what, what's your question and maybe I just answered it
0: well my question is is how does that I agree it's completely undecipherable yep so how does that impact a device like a, an MCK or a micro Rony? Uh, where you would insert you know a, a glock 19 into and it's got an arm brace on it now
1: yeah it's a great question and for folks who don't know what Tony's referring to there are these devices uh, the micro Rony that he mentioned is the most common where it actually you you, you you sort of snap your gun up into it and it's got a shoulder stock or, or actually a brace in some they make them both ways one has a stock one has a brace Um and you use it accordingly if it's got if it's got the brace style on that that micro roni for instance tony i think it's going to be subject to the new regulation and you're going to have to uh, go through that point system now if it's a micro roni that you p- plug you know your glock into it's a pistol caliber so that's that's not going to give you a lot of points. It doesn't have a a, a very uh, long barrel, and it doesn't have a lot of weight to it. Those things are going to inure toward not having a lot of points. But the bottom line is, I think you're going to have to do that calculation or just uh, take the safe way out, which is what ATF's trying to bully you into doing, and just go ahead and register it.
0: Let's uh, you want to do a break here. I yeah, let's do a break of...
1: here, Nigel, because we've got uh, we've got several more people on hold, they and Jeff has anywhere. just called in as well. So, but we'll get to all of these folks after the break.
0: All right, uh, we'll be right back. Ask the Gun Guy continues here in just a second. Stay close. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.